In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. Uh, so good to have you here today because guess what? It's a family show. The smile on my face says it all. I didn't have to do any work with research this week because you, everybody that's out there listening on In the Trenches, uh, you did the work for me. You guys were so supportive. You asked so many great questions that, you know, my little script that I have, no, I don't even really have to uh, read from it because it's going to be questions from you. Of course, I have a few questions for our guests today because... Well, before, let me get this business out of the way just real quick. Um, if you are listening to us on a uh, Apple or Spotify or any of those audio platforms, make your way on over to the video because uh, Ryan Roxy official on YouTube, uh, you hit that subscribe button right there and you can get in on the live chat as well as Facebook Live. So we got Facebook Live going, we got YouTube going. This is our Halloween special. Of course, we didn't realize it was supposed to be a Halloween special until about 45 minutes before the show. Our producer, Vic, said, wouldn't it be great if it was a Halloween show? And I was like, yeah. Wouldn't it have been even better if you would have told me that like five days ago so we could hype it up? But this is it. This is our In the Trenches Halloween uh, special show. And of course, our guest today. Well, you know her. You love her. Um you know, doing the officialness of it, uh, she's listed as a lead on stage performer, a um, a ballet instructor, a choreographer, and a dancer. But I know her as uh, the lead on stage performer in a band that I happen to play with, uh, a background vocalist, but very very important vocalist to the band as well, and an all around band life coach. Uh, today in the trenches, will you please welcome? And I will say this with so much love in my heart. The seventh official member of the Alice Cooper band. Uh, please help me welcome Cheryl Cooper. Cheryl, welcome to In the Trenches. Oh, hi, Ryan. How's my bus buddy? There she is. You're looking great. Look at you. Have you been cleaning house all day? It looks amazing. All day. All day. You wouldn't believe it. It never stopped. Oh, you've been, you've probably been practicing piano and then, you know, when you were done practicing piano, you probably did some stretching and stuff, but folks, this is Cheryl Cooper, the seventh member of, and probably the first member, first or second member of the Alice Cooper band, as you can tell from the last name. So there it goes. And also I have in my notes, it does say that you are married. Uh, what does he do? Sings a little, dances a little, <laughs> acts a little. It's exactly. It's kind of what you do. You sing a lot. You dance a lot. I mean, and you're our lead performer and have been uh, since I got back into the band in uh, 2012. You have been touring nonstop. We've been side by side on all these tours. But, you know, you have much more of a history with the Alice Cooper band than I do. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, of course, folks, Cheryl Cooper is here in the trenches. You guys love her in the chat. Uh, you, again, I, I must thank you for making my job so much easier this week because I didn't have to do any research. You guys just asked all the great questions. But I do have a little segment that I like to start saying, let's go back to get forward. So I want to find a little bit, because I want to find a little bit about your history. Because I have this feeling that you grew up, you're a California girl. Am I right or am I wrong? Born in Denver, moved to Connecticut, where I grew up on the campus of Yale University. So my I'm, dad I'm very there. wrong. I'm just so wrong off the bat. So. 
I'm just filling in the blanks. I want to hear. Three years in Denver, another four years in Connecticut. I actually saw JFK speak at my father's graduation from Yale in 1963. Do not do the math. So I pretty much, if you ask me where I'm from, Pasadena, California. That's all good. Now, going back to that last photo that our illustrious producer, Vic Chalfant, put up, is that from Yale or is that, where would this be? No, a th- that's actually in Chicago, in Oak Park. That was taken in the early 80s. Okay. Well, see, yeah. you're, you're timeless. You know, it doesn't matter what decade, is, decade it is. You look great. And when you, when, when you say uh, Colorado, when you say the first three years, so you were born in Colorado and then you lived there until three Born in Denver, yep. Then okay. moved to New Haven, but really grew up in SoCal. So I'm. But I'm I want to hear all about those first three years in Denver. Can you please go back and? <laughs> you know, and honestly, memories start in Connecticut. If you think about it, my mom decided to put me in dance. I had no interest in dance. She thought I should get some exercise because you're under snow for most of the year. So she enrolled me in this little uh. Miss Rita's School of Dance, and uh, I pretty much hated it. What age was that? This was five. And uh, I was the only one in the class that couldn't do the splits, and I told her, I don't want to go back. Vic, let me ask Vic. Vic, do you have a picture of Cheryl when she was five dancing at this first? No, you don't have that. Okay, I thought he would. Oh, whoa, that's pretty close. Pretty close, right? (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I was the only one that couldn't do the splits, and my mom said, well, let me see. Try it. So I went down. I'm like three feet away from the floor. She said, I think you were closer that time than when you did it in class. Do it again. So I go down. She goes, you were closer that time. Try it again. <laughs> so what she was doing was getting me motivated. By the end of the week, I had my splits. And for some reason, I just took off. I loved it. Wow. I never went anywhere. I danced. I quit it. Are you sure your mom's name wasn't Tiger Woods' dad? (laughs) (laughs) And you know, she was not a dancer herself, but she was a great encourager. Okay. Yeah. She she changed addresses and went to heaven about six years ago, but uh, I have to paint her as the stalwart, good stage mom. She was, she's my biggest cheerleader. Wow. That's so sweet the way that, the way that you actually say it, changed addresses and went to heaven. Yeah. Wow. That's a temporary change of address. Yeah. I like that. Well, you changed address from Connecticut over to Pasadena at what point? Uh, Seven years old. Okay. And uh, went from the snow. I'm pretty correct because at seven years old, you're a California girl. You're, You're enjoying the sun. You know, you meet this guy from Arizona eventually a few years later, which we'll get into. But, you know, you guys are both sun people, which you know, is the reason why I think to this day, you guys still live basically on the surface of the sun in uh, Arizona, right? True. True. (laughs) No, I love it. If if you're going to get me out of here, you'll probably have to pull me up by my roots. You know, unless I'm called to be somewhere else, this, this is home. And uh, that's where my heart is. And a lovely home you do have, as we can see. (laughs) As if. Yes. Do you like my home? <clears throat> oh my God. We are cracking up so much, folks. This is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Like just like the Alice Cooper show, folks. This episode right here, this Halloween episode could be a little bit of smoke and mirrors. But you know what? My backdrop in the new studio, this is all real. 
you know? Okay. Hey, now. <laughs> so I want to get from Pasadena uh, to where you're um, end up in 1975 on that. I believe it's 75 on that audition because a lot of people are very curious of like, you know, the same question I get asked, um, sometimes in interviews is like, how did you get the gig? What was it like? And, um, I want to know, you know, right before, you know, somewhere between Pasadena and up to 75, are you, you're going to school? Are you dancing? Are you, uh, in a ballet troupe? What's happening then? Oh yeah. No, I'm with a, a company and I think every dancer has their blueprint, you know, this little schematic rendering that says, okay, by this time I'm going to be with this company. I'm going to be hopefully rising to the ranks of, corps de ballet to soloist to principal. I'm going to travel the world. It didn't quite look like that, but it still happened in a very different way. Yeah. So my blueprint is a little skewed, but if you think about it, I was a girl or I am the girl, girl that has no business being in rock and roll because ask me about Bach and Schumann and Rachmaninoff. I'll tell you what opus, what cantata, what movement. I'm a choral music geek. So that's my jam. I lived in my Volkswagen with my dance bag and my sheet music and went to and from college. That sounds uh, a lot like your daughter. Wait a second. <laughs> Living in the Volkswagen sounds a little bit like your daughter, but we'll get into that a little bit later too. So so now go through that uh, because I, I, you basically just said rhythm guitar, lead guitar, you know, Nita Strauss, you know, you, you gave that, <laughs> you gave this total upper echelon of like, what were the levels of, of dancers that you said? You said, well, I was with a, a ballet company called the Pasadena Dance Theater, and they turned out some amazing professional dancers. But I was also a trained vocalist, and not many people know that. So upon graduation from high school, I was salutatorian of my class. I got the governor's scholarship from then California Governor Ronald Reagan. So I pretty much had the choice of academia. I won the Bank of America Music Scholarship for voice. Get out. So I See, I did not know that. See, these are things that I want to know and I get to know here. And whoever does this podcast, I'm very proud of them because they get to find this information out. See, folks? So you were mostly known as a, as a vocalist first. I mean, dance, well, vocals, both. You know, I just lived and breathed musical theater, classical music, um, uh, ballet, performance. And I had to decide. And so you, I think everybody comes to a crossroads in their life. What are you going to do? And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a year off of academia. I'm going to enroll as a freshman in college, and I'm going to do nothing but musical theater, sing, dance, act. And that's all I did, to and from school, to and from the dance studio. So I uh, came out of my third class one Saturday of the day. Now, mind you, this is when the headbands match the leg warmers. <laughs> so I'm coming out of the hall, I'm looking like pretty much death warmed over. I'm sweaty. I've got a holy leotard. My dance pants are just so dirty. And I see all these girls getting ready for something. And I said, what's going on? They said, are you the only dancer in LA that does not read Variety or the Hollywood Reporter? Now, you got to remember, this is before the internet. Right, right. If you were going to find out about an audition, you had to be on that inner circle. You had to have your ear to the ground. You had to read. That was the only way you were going to know, unless the choreographer called you. So I said, no, what's going on? And they said, Alice Cooper is having an audition. 
and it's a year and a half contract. It entails a world tour, a television special, and a full-length feature film. And that sounded interesting. So my response was, wow, Alice Cooper, who's she? <laughs> Which is the, probably a lot a question that comes up a lot when when asked that. Because I, I've been asked, a lot of people go, yeah, who is she? Is she doing well? So this yeah. this seems like the perfect vehicle of what you've been leading up to. It really does. Well, I had no idea. I wasn't going to go to the audition. I wasn't ready for an audition. I mean, oh, these girls look great. I just come out of five, six solid hours of dancing. And one of my friends said the magic phrase that I'll never forget. She said, Cheryl, this is what you're being groomed for. It's just an audition. Go for the experience. She said, besides, who says you're going to get it? <laughs> That's all you needed to hear, right? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll, go. I'll go for the experience. And it was heavy dancing. I mean, this, the Welcome to My Nightmare show in 1975 was the first time anybody had ever seen the marriage of Broadway and rock and roll on that level. I mean, you just didn't know what was hitting you. Uh, like you see dancing skeletons that would appear and disappear and giant 30-foot cobweb nets and full fleshed out spiders and cyclopses and was this, this was also the, the tour of the magic screen as well or was that a later tour first time the magic screen was in use so we were jumping in and out of, of the screen yeah, explain to people a- that, that that don't know explain to people that probably only discovered alice cooper in the 2000s in in the aughts um what the magic screen was and why it was so like revolutionary with a rock and roll show Picture something about 20 to 25 feet tall, about uh, 40 feet wide, and it looks, for all intents and purposes, like a solid movie screen. But it's elasticized rubber slats loose. So it's pulled up by giant hydraulics and chains, and it appears solid. However, you can part it at any point in time elastic as it is, and jump through it. So a projection on the front shows dancers dancing, coming forward, being stopped by the sort of false proscenium barrier of the screen and coming back again. And finally, leaping through the screen at the precise moment where you're edited off the screen and you burst through the screen and now you're live. So one of two things happen if you're off. Either there are two of you there or there's nobody there. So you have to be so precise. If you're not prepped and going through that screen as you're being edited, the whole illusion is a bust. So we perfected that. That was really, it was magic. I can remember, I can remember the songs that I tried out for the Alice Cooper audition. It was Billion Dollar Babies, it was 18, and it was also Poison. Obviously, Poison wasn't even an idea at that point in 75. Do you remember the songs that you auditioned for? It was Welcome to My Nightmare. It was. First, they put us through a ballet combination. There were about 2,000 girls that showed up to this audition. The choreographer was David Winters, who uh, was one of the uh, gang members in West Side Story. He played one of the Jets. So I love that because he made women dance like men. We were doing athletic hitch kicks down to the floor and split leaps off platforms. Uh, It was just... 
Think yeah. it was in the book. When you say hitch kicks and split leaves, you you say them like I'm supposed to know what the hell that even means. But, but yeah, yeah, hitch kicks and split leaves. And- Welcome to my world. <laughs> it, was, it was so athletic. I think we, uh, you know, I was 18. He was 26. And that show moved. And I don't think the audience ever really knew what hit them. It, it, there was never a second where it lulled. It's really exciting. I find it very, very interesting that we both were offered the same amount of time for a uh, for the gig. It was a I was offered a year tour because it was that first year '96 that was uh, the tour with Scorpions, and it was like. And Toby goes, "Yeah, there's only going." And Toby is 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 one of Alice's managers, Toby Mamus, and he's been around probably since the duration since not since '75, but pretty close, right? I met. 75. Yeah. Oh, you, so you met Toby in 75. Okay. So yeah. Toby told me the same thing he probably told you. It's going to be a year or two or there's no guarantees. And and then boom, here it happened. Toby wasn't working with our camp. I think he was more working with Susie Quattro, who was opening for us at the time. Uh-huh. He'd worked for John Lennon and more with Susie Quattro. And then he eventually sort of segued into our camp. Nice. Nice. So you... What do you feel nailed the audition for you uh, in 75? Because this is before, I mean, obviously you and Alice don't even know each other at this point. It's just an audition. So how, what do you feel was the deciding factor of like, hey, I got this gig? Alice wasn't there for the audition. He had nothing to do with the picking of the dancers. You had to dance and hold your own with your skill. So if you were not classically trained balletically, if you didn't have that technique and that uh, balance and that strength, that support, you could tell immediately. So they would audition us 500 at a time and pretty much go next. And I was always taught in ballet, when you hold a position at the end, you hold it until the choreographer says descendu, which is come down. And so I held this position that's called arabesque, where you're standing on one leg on half point, The other leg is back high over your head. Your arms are out. You're posed. And I held it. And I held it. And pretty soon the whole ballroom had cleared. And I'm still in the middle holding this arabesque balance. (laughs) And I the choreographer say, you can come down now. So Mm -hmm. at least I noticed it was a six-hour audition. A six-hour audition. Wow. Six-hour audition. I mean, At one point, I thought, there's nothing else they can ask me to do. Maybe if I climb a rope and hang by my teeth, I don't know. (laughs) They finally picked me for the ballet segment for Only Women Bleed. I went home, told my mom, and I said, I don't want to do this. And she said, well, why not? Well, that means dropping out of college. That means going on the road for a year and a half. I don't think I'm really ready for this. And once again, you would think that, Parents of an 18-year-old knowing sort of the urban myths and legends about Alice Cooper would say not broader. And they were both really encouraging. I think they knew what kind of girl they raised. And they said, you can do this. Wow. And so I did. And on that that tour in 75, 76, on on that iconic Welcome to My Nightmare tour, did you guys travel all in buses did you have a separate you know was it a dancer bus or was it did you all travel as one big caravan how, how was the touring level because obviously it was very high at that point because alice had already uh made 
you know, he was a superstar at that, at that point. Um, what was the level of touring that you were on that, that this 18 year old girl gets to go on for the first time? Okay. Picture this. There's a charter airplane. It's a charter plane. I mean, it's, it's not, wasn't the starship, you know, that they have the million dollar babies, but it was like a effective transport system. There was no airport security check. You get up in the morning, you get up on the plane, you travel to the next city, no buses, um, caravaned to the gig. But remember you're playing small cities too. And there are only holiday inns. And so Alice had the only suite, which really meant a living room with a plastic blue couch. That was a suite. <laughs> yep. Living in sin at the Holiday Inn. That's been one of his best titles. Luggage didn't have wheels then. It's what like did- you're hauling your luggage up to the second level. That's right. You did what you had to do. I mean, it was work. And you're, you're, just, you're professional about it. You show up on time and you do what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to do it. And, but I didn't intend on falling in love. Well, legend has it that it was perhaps in one of those holiday inns that one uh, that Alice had a, a dancer meeting and you guys had movie night. I'm not sure what it is that the band and the crew was doing uh, during that time. But at one at, at some point, you guys all met in one of his hotel suites for movies, food, hanging out. And then you guys struck up a conversation. Is that the way it actually went down? Or is that just another one of Alice has never let the truth get in the way of the good story? I want to hear the real I want to hear the real story. It's pretty accurate. Um, first of all, he's totally my type. Those icy blue husky eyes and those dark eyebrows and just <laughs> everything about him. I thought, you know, I have a boyfriend. He has a girlfriend. Not interested. And then he opened his mouth and began to speak. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I really like this guy. I want to know him better. And we really did become friends first. And um It happened one night that we got into a conversation and I had no idea everybody had left. Now you're going to say, sure you didn't. I didn't. (laughs) You were just so so enraptured and involved in the conversation. You know what it is? It goes beyond that. I think a real friendship begins when one person can say to another, you too? And we just kind of cemented right there. And the conversations got deeper, funnier, uh, more surreal. And this happened on several occasions. And on the night where everybody had left the room, it's going on two in the morning. I looked down at my watch, no phones. My watch said almost 2 a.m. I said, gosh, I got to get back to my room. This has really been a great evening. And he looked and he said, well, aren't you going to kiss me goodnight? I thought, well, what's it going to hurt? So I kind of leaned in for a quick peck and he grabs the back of my head with his hand and just (laughs) holds it there for about 15 seconds. I thought I was going to (laughs) die. That's his move from poison. So he uses his, (laughs) that's the move he does on cold Ethel. (laughs) It's the same. It's the same. I'm not jealous of the doll, but I could be. There you go. Well, you actually have been cold Ethel at one point, I'm sure, through all these tours. And and there's a lot. And that's another thing that people should know about Cheryl is that she's been so many characters uh, in the Alice Cooper show. Um, just from our time of playing together. Go ahead. Well, that's what love does. Uh, let me tell you, love does. And I've been a spider, a snake, a dancing skeleton, 
a dominatrix, a tap dancing tooth, a giant dancing chicken with a machine gun, a pink dancing poodle, more on that later, um, uh, uh, dressed as a man for It's Hot Tonight, as a gangster. I've been in gang fights dressed as a man. I've been a nurse. I've been uh, Mademoiselle Guillotine. Mm-hmm. It just, it continues. So look what I do for love. Everything uh, you did it all for love. I love it. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about those characters a little bit later, but I do want to move on because I want. I'm so enraptured with this this love story that's happening between you and Alice in in the seventies and the late seventies, and all of a sudden here comes some movies. And 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 I'm looking at your movie credits as well. Um, I don't know what that shot's from on Alice's yacht, I presume, and definitely I don't know no, who has shorter shorts. That was a day off in Florida. I know I need to put some pants on. <laughs> Alice needs to put some pants on. Are you kidding me? So, so the first movie credit that I'm looking at is 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 that promise that you, that you got was the Alice Cooper Welcome to My Nightmare concert feature. You weren't. Featured as Alice Co- as Cheryl Cooper, you were actually credited as Cheryl Goddard. Correct. That's right. We weren't married then. Okay. We didn't get married until March twentieth of nineteen seventy six, and that was filmed in nineteen seventy five. I think. Yeah, that's what it says on the credits, at least. You know. Yeah, right around there. But, right around there. And then there comes a string of, and especially one of my favorite movies. We've talked about this before, whether it's been on the tour bus or whether we talked about it, you know, just hanging out. Uh, one of my favorite movies, and it doesn't get enough credit as far as I'm concerned, is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band right there. You were in the movie. I want to know about your dancing parts, how that all came about. Maybe Alice pulled some strings or maybe you just auditioned for it and you got it yourself. I want to know that story about Sergeant Peppers. It's an interesting thing. Patty Birch, a choreographer who ended up doing Grease. Um, great, great choreographer, formidable talent. Um, later, I was in a play called Zoot Suit. I was the only white girl in an all Hispanic cast. Uh, but that's later. That was theater. But uh, I, I really wanted to do this movie and the auditions were already done. And so Alice was cast. And so I said, well, see if there is an opening. I'll happily audition for it. And the consensus I got back, I don't ever know if it came from the production team or the choreographic team, was his wife wants to be in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'll audition. I will. And so I had an audition for her. And she went on to not only cast me, but keep me. And I probably would have done Grease, which was her next project, had uh, I not gone on to the next Alice Cooper show. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what, though? I feel that at that point in your career, this it's ticking all the boxes. You know, you get to perform, you get to do what you love, what you've always wanted to do on stage. You get to, and then you get to hang out with the guy that you're really involved with in a, in a okay. great type of situation, you know? It was a blueprint. It just looked a little different. <laughs> Not what I anticipated, but that's okay. I was shortchanged. Nothing. Not at all. Sounds like yeah. going back to the, those parts that you had in Sergeant Peppers. I think uh, Vic put up a picture of you and Steve Martin. Was that the Maxwell uh, Silverhead or Sil- I, Maxwell Silverhammer? I was one of the um, the mindless uh, controlled kids. 
that got tapped on the head with a hammer and I changed instantly from an old person to a young person. And I started tap dancing with him. So, so Steve Martin, that's oh, now, did you have another role besides Steve Martin? I always thought that I saw you, I think I see you uh, with Aerosmith on, in, on the Beatles version of uh, Come Together. Yep, I'm up there way up on top of the stacked coins doing handstands and hitch cakes. Of course, there was really no hazard pay then. They just put a bunch of cardboard boxes. So if you fell 60 feet, it wouldn't hurt so much. <laughs> Great. Lots, lots of safe. It sounds like a regular Alice Cooper uh, concert in, you know, 2020, 2019. No, you know, you know, the lingo. If you go on the Alice Cooper tour, you will get paid. You will see the world and you will get stitches. <laughs> you guys are great together. I mean, you're a one, two punch. Actually, you know what? You're more than a one, two punch. You're a one, two three punch because look at this segue look, just for the hell of it just for the sake a special guest wants to come on the show wants to come on the podcast folks uh welcome to in the trenches uh cheryl's daughter calico cooper hello oh, oh. oh. honey do you want a kleenex here <laughs> no, <I'm> okay. <laughs> how you doing calico thanks for making it out awesome yeah i'm in the closet like literally oh well i I told you that uh, we would have a certain, you know, look, I, I thought that we'd be well into your history and, and doing qu taking questions from from um, our lovely chat. And by the way, if you are listening to this on um, uh, any of the audio channels, please make your way over to the YouTube official and subscribe because uh, you can get into the chat. Uh, Vic's going to start putting out some great uh, comments from all you people that are in the chat. But we have Calico Cooper, uh, Cheryl Cooper's daughter, and um, obviously... Uh, they have a sim a similar there's, there's a similarity there's a little similarity i think you know for all of you listening at home i look great that's all you need to know and i know you we do all look great look amazing we all look rested in no way are we are we in any way tired or stressed? <laughs> what do you think of your new uh living room that you like back home and you're <laughs> you know Another part of being a Cooper is being wildly shocked at something and going, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? That's fine. Is How are you? I'm good. Um, well, I popped in really quick because um, also like a Cooper, I have a, a full day of um, really bizarre things I, I have to get done, but I wanted to um, grace Ryan's listeners you're talking about being on tour and having like, you know, this experience is like a young girl jumping into this, which is like similar to mine when we were talking, um, you know, joining at like 18, 19 years old. I just realized last night that's exactly when I joined. Wow. And obviously it was a whole different animal um, by the time I was doing it um, because you had already paved the way. I, I already knew what to do in the show because of what you had done. And that was like, a massive bar to jump. And um, so I guess uh, my question is, when those characters and those pieces and those things were kind of thrown at you, did you have like a lot of creative license to sort of like choose, you know, how the character, like choose how she was gonna be, choose how, what happened or was that choreographed or was it kind of like both? Uh, it, initially, there are four dancers on stage. 
there's so much happening that if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're going to get hurt. So you, you have to be so in sync, so in tune and pristine. However, I got creative license when it came to only women bleed. And this is how it happened. There were only two girls doing the show. And I got wind that it might have been the other dancer in mind for this role because she came to me and she said, oh, I've been asked to do a ballet in the middle of the show with an ax in my head. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I just remember watching, listening. And so when it came time to that, to choreograph that, I'm standing in the wings. I'm ready to do something like, um, oh, you mean like this? <laughs> Were you thinking something more like this? That's where I get it from. I'm like, oh, I'm just right here waiting for you to do something wrong. And I'm here. And you Tanya you know, Harding her, I think. I did all the original Harding. <laughs> I'm climbing up the bed frame of this twisted nightmare bed and doing all these amazing contortions. And just it, it was romantic, pathetic, and somehow beautiful. And three along in the middle of a rock concert and what it did. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I I may have jacked it from the other girl. I'm not sure. Sorry. I hope she's forgiven me. <laughs> I think she'll get over it. I think you've earned the, the forgiveness well, of that. Calico, you've definitely earned the spot of Alice Cooper alumni. I mean, because the story that you, both of you tell, you know, aside from the full on 100% nepotism, there is very similar sort of, you know, it is a very similar story. And the plight, the, the fact that you guys do by anything necessary to get to make the show happen. Trust me, I toured with many years with Calico and now I've toured many years with Cheryl. They both... It's by all means necessary. You, there's not a shred of um, wimpiness in either of them. As you know, Calico right now is a lead performer, lead singer of uh, Bisto Blanco as well with Chuck Garrick. So is, is Chuck around and is he in camera view right now? You know, I had a, um, this is so LA. I had an audition this morning and I was going to go bring him in, but I, I didn't have time to get there. So now we're in a closet. Oh, well, what is what is Bisto Blanco doing? Uh, what what what's in the on the oh. plate of Bisto Blanco right now? So we um we have a live stream from the Queen Mary, and so I don't know for those of you that know, every year um, during normal life um, on Halloween, the Queen Mary opens up, and it's the oldest, most haunted ship like ever. So it's right up our alley. But um, the Queen Mary has asked Bisto and Filter and um, Silver Sun Pickups to play a virtual concert um, on this haunted ship. And then they take the bands with a ghost hunter. The whole ship shut down. There's nobody else on it. And they take the bands through and we hold the EVPs and we get to like ghost adventure and ghost hunt. So for the first time in my uh, life, my dad is actually going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> he's not just going to say he's going to watch. He's going to watch. Yeah, it's going to watch. If it's on the Sci-Fi Network, he's definitely going to watch it, you know? He, but he loves the Ghost Hunters and he loves all that stuff. So when they were like, oh, you're going to be on this, like, Ghost Hunter show, I was like, yes. It's like my grandma when I was on, um, was it Dr. Phil? What was it? It was some, uh, the doctors. The doctors. The, the doctors. For the first time, my grandma watched the TV and she's like, oh, I, oh, I'm so amazing. I was so proud of you. I was like, that? That's what you're proud of? 
Okay. And All and right. by the way, folks, uh, Cheryl's mother-in-law, Alice's mother, and obviously Calico's grandmother is not watching this podcast right now. I can guarantee that. But she, maybe we can get her on the rebroadcast if we tell her we mentioned her name. And how how's oh, she well, doing? Is she hanging in there? Ninety-five. She will outlive us all. <laughs> she's incredible. Every she, time I'm ten years younger, she's firing from both hips. She's. She's still got that Tennessee hillbilly in her. I think Mom, I saw her poke her head out from behind the uh, fireplace that you have her. I think she yeah, was right around the right. grand piano. <laughs> you know, she, she's so she, she was, we visited her uh, in the retirement home and, and she was uh, talking about uh, the other women in there. And she was catty girl. She was like, oh, well, she's just after the men. And she has horrible hair under that wig. And she, I was like, grandma. <laughs> Wow. The well, before I go, Mom, will you do me the great honor of sharing the game which I wish so badly was around when I was there because I would have schooled it. But will you please tell them about Bang Your Dead? Oh, boy. Oh, this is a great story. Yes. Okay, get ready. When you're on a tour for how many years? You can go insane unless you have some internal reciprocity of playfulness. So we invented a game called Bang Your Dead. And the premise is everybody on tour for the entire year was allowed three shots with their finger. And you had to go like this, bang, you're dead. And you could point at anybody on the tour. Nothing was off limits except on stage. But as long as you weren't performing, if you were, on an escalator and somebody said, hey, Cheryl, bang, you're dead. You collapse on the escalator, you ride it to the bottom and you stay there and let people walk over you. So we have annihilated Chinese restaurants, the epitome of immaturity. But if you're in a buffet and you have food, you go over backwards, you take the table with you. I, it was just, you know, we never really destroyed anything. Uh, as far as hotel rooms, but we did get rowdy and raucous when it came to bang your dead. If you're in your best dress, heels, hose, jewelry, and walking by a swimming pool and somebody said bang your dead, you go in the pool. You you have you can't save face. You got to go for it. And I think that uh, uh, led to some very interesting faux deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Calico, do you know this story about bang your dead? Because it literally just happened in January and February when we were on tour in New Zealand because Davey Johnstone was on tour with, uh, who's actually uh, in the trenches podcast uh, alumni, by the way, he's been on there. Check out his episode folks. See a shameless plug, but he, Davey Johnstone uh, has actually told us about this story. He came to the show in New Zealand and I believe that Cheryl, did you bang your dead him or did he bang your dead you? He banged your dead me. (laughs) (laughs) He banged your dead me. All right. Down I went. I don't remember where we were. Could have been out in front of a hotel. I probably went in the gutter, you know, by me. And, um, you do what you do. You, have, you can't save face. That's amazing. Well, Dad always is so proud of you for a, a million things, but he, he always is so quick to tell the story. He goes, oh, yeah, Cheryl completely annihilated that Chinese restaurant. He goes, <laughs> walk through, and he goes, Davey, wait, 
bang, and dead. And she goes, went over and took out, and you know, Ryan, she would, she would, full commitment, full commitment, table, baby corns flying, and everything. And she laid there, right on the ground. And my dad goes, people were calling, oh, call the ambulance. And they were calling the ambulance. And then by the time that the ambulance pulled up, she goes, wow. Oh, gosh. And she get up. Okay. Okay. Man. Well, you know what? In tw- we have a, a clip of me doing that to Nita. I did a Roxy cam and I did it on the last show of the of the last tour in Christchurch, New Zealand this year. I, I had one of my, my GoPro on me and I and I took it from a stage point of view and you can check it out folks. If you want to go out and check this uh, Roxy cam episode, uh, maybe Vic, do you have a clip of that real quick? No, he doesn't have a available. Okay. So anyhow, you can go on my official YouTube and you can check it out, but I do it to Nita and that's why Nita falls over and dies. Cause I said, bang, you're dead. Cause we love that story. And she committed oh, to you. the bit. So I love yes. the fact it, it yes. lives. Bang, your dead lives on. <laughs> it's multi-generational. <laughs> Yeah, but think about that now. Can you imagine, like, the world in the state? It's like you're like if you were in the airport and you went down, it would be like, okay, we have to make airports off limits now. Oh yeah. What else is off? Hazmat oh, yeah. suits would come out. Yeah, exactly. More deaths on tarmacs before getting on a plane. You just and down you go. You're on the runway. Dang. What? Where can I not die theatrically wherever I want? <laughs> Calico, will you please carry the bang your dead tradition on to Bisto Blanco and, and do it on the Queen Mary on your Halloween special? Because will you tell the folks when the, how they can check out the Halloween special? Yeah, if you click on um, either Facebook or Instagram, Bisto Blanco uh, has the link in our bio. We have the link uh, basically on all our social media and you just click on it. It's on Halloween night. We do three songs. One of them belongs to Motorhead because, hey. <laughs> but, uh, and I sing it. Isn't that cool? You'd think Chuck oh, sings yeah. it. Yeah. They'd be expecting that. See, they'd be expecting yeah. Chuck singing it. No, my friend. What? No, it's me. Very good. Be, uh, a final word of warning about Bone You're Dead. Be very careful because if you die a spectacular death, everybody could save their shots for you. <laughs> no, oh, that makes sense. You're a pathetic dyer. Nobody wants to shoot you. <laughs> Mother, daughter, Cheryl Cooper, Calico Cooper, Calico. I'm gonna let you go because I'm like falling behind here. But there he is. There's a nice family portrait. Is there's Calico right there? Oh, gosh, I'm so skinny. Gotta leave with a baby pick. Oh, look at. Hi, baby. What an adorable child. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Wait, where, who gave you all these photos, Vic? This is like, this is not a roast. <laughs> this, this is not a roast of Calico. We'll save that for another episode. <laughs> thank, all right. I love you guys. Thank you very much, Calico. We'll see you very soon. All right. Bisto Blanco. There she goes. She just got the hook from Vic, but check it out, folks. We are, you are listening to In the Trenches, a live stream podcast. Um, I'm your host, Ryan Roxy. We have a lead performer, background vocalist. We're going to get into a lot of stuff in just a second, but we're going to take a quick 
quick break, folks, uh, so you can check out this quick commercial for the man. All right. So uh, then we'll come back with uh, Let the People Speak. But Cheryl, you into hanging out for a little bit longer? I'm doing. I'm here. Well, enjoy this, folks, then, and we'll go for it. All right. Hello, folks. Roxy here. So you've decided to learn with the System 12 guitar method. Awesome job. Well, these lessons are so much more than just put your fingers here, now strum this chord there. We have meticulously designed and tested them to make sure that you begin your guitar journey the absolute best way possible. Now, we know you're as excited as we are to get going, and that's why we're going to give you even more added incentive to achieve your goal. We are setting a challenge, the System 12-Week Guitar Challenge. That's right. Starting on the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend in late November, the entire Roxy Guitar Army team will be involved in helping you stay focused and stay inspired as we coach you through each of the lessons of System 12. Each week, we will release an insider's video that will give you goals, tips, and tricks on how to get the most out of each lesson. Together, we'll create a community of encouragement and support as we will all be on the same page. So, RGA, we challenge you to better yourself, to learn the guitar like you said you always would, play those iconic riffs, those classic songs, and become the best guitarist you can be. Check out and buy the official System 12 Guitar Method today at ryanroxy.com system12 or at our Ryan Roxy Instagram store and get ready to enjoy the ride. I'm Ryan Roxy and I'll see you at the Guitar Challenge. And of course, I'll see you back in the trenches. I think I got it. There you go. Hey, that not bad for just doing a commercial, like a little bit, you know, maybe an hour or two before the show. Put that together. Put it on the teleprompter, you know, recorded it. Boom. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Well, it comes, you know, before Let the People Speak, because that's when I get to just coast because everybody else asks such amazing questions for you. Um, Cheryl Cooper is with us, our guest today in the trenches, and all you amazing people in the chat that have been so, so supportive of Cheryl all throughout this week. Um, obviously, subscribe if you, this is your first time watching it, um, but now it's time for the main event because I do want to talk to Cheryl about, um, I mean... Like I said, there's so much to talk about more with history. It might have to come have you come back on for a part two. But I want to talk about, uh, obviously, what's very dear to your heart, which is family. And uh, you've definitely displayed that already by having your daughter on and uh, the amazing love story between you and Alice. But also an organization that you and Alice have formed uh, called Solid Rock. And I want, and is that based out of Scottsdale? Where is it based out of? And how did Solid Rock come about? And what is it? Please tell us, Cheryl. Well, Solid Rock is a 501c3 nonprofit Christian organization whose goal is to help teenagers find their creative spark. And so any teenager can come in to the teen center and learn bass, drums, guitar, voice, dance, art, recording arts and sciences, video, photography. And I like to think it's like a mini Juilliard, but all these programs are free. A lot of people think free, how good can it be? The level of instruction is incredible. It's amazing. And uh, it uh, has been 20 years in the making. So we finally got our teen center up and running, open about eight years ago, get about a hundred kids a day in there. And it is, my husband calls it the glorious racket because kids are just learning how to play, how to dance, how to draw. You know, uh, a kid might uh, not be a guitarist, but put a pair of drumsticks in his or her hands and they go, hey, I can do this. 
and uh, bands are being formed. They're being recorded. So I look at it as educational and vocational. I cannot tell you how many bands have launched from the teen center. We have uh, a vocal competition every year for our annual Alice Cooper's Christmas pudding. And it's sort of like Phoenix's version of American Idol. And our first <laughs> True. Our first winner uh, many years ago was 14-year-old Jordan Sparks. And uh, Alice said, you know, you really should go for American Idol. And, I don't, you know, she just, he encouraged her and encouraged her along with, I'm sure, many other people. But she wore her solid rock rubber wrist bracelet all the way through and wins it. Wins it. American Good for her. Well, it's just great success stories, but it's it's a matter of giving teens an alternative to a lot of stuff that's going on there. And it's for all teens. I don't care your political, socioeconomic, creed, faith, uh, what, what you follow. We want you. Our goal is to care for you by offering you these programs because you're not going to get it in school anymore. They pulled the plug on that right. and a lot of people can't afford this. So it really is exciting to go in there and see what's happening. So can you tell it's our passion? Yeah, I can see it right now. And where can people see this clip that Vic, our producer, has put up right now? Is that on the um, the, the main it's, website for for YouTube? But also it's at alicecoopersolidrock.com. We have a Facebook page. And um, yeah, if you want to know more, check that out. Yeah. A lot of video on YouTube. But uh, uh, I see it making a huge impact. Why there is not one in every major city in the U.S., I don't know. But maybe it's coming. Number two is being demoed in construction right now in the city of Mesa, which happens to have the largest school district in the entire state of Arizona. So that means a lot of things. And so we're right where we need to be, serving where we need to be. Yeah, you guys are doing a lot. You've been so committed to this project for so, so many years. And um, folks, I've been part of the Christmas pudding um, a good amount of times. Um, I wish, you know, we'll see what happens this year. Um, It's a it's a tough one. Obviously, this year is different than any other year that we've ever had. But uh, you do have it uh, planned out that you are going to have Christmas pudding this year. Right. And it's going to be in a huge hangar. And how are you doing it differently than other years? It's, it's a bit more exclusive in that we can have no more than, I think, 70 people max, socially distanced, separate tables. Maybe it'll be a masquerade. Ah, look at you guys got the whole marketing thing down. I love it. <laughs> well, in an airplane hangar, uh, it, it'll be just a really elegant affair. Mark Tarbell's going to cater the dinner. It's going to be something really, really special. So we're working on how to make that happen now. So December 5th is a date. We're hoping all goes off well as planned. It will. It will. And I actually think that Vic might have a, uh, a clip of you guys doing an actual song. I'm not sure if we can get audio on it. If we can, let's put uh, let's put that clip up of you, uh, the family, Alice, Calico's part of it, um, your other two children, Sonora and Dash, who's a great vocalist in, with, with his own band, Co-op. I mean, I, I mean, there's so many things to talk about, but let's listen a little bit to the clip right now that comes out. Got some sound there, Vic? Now, this is something that you guys recorded just recently, or what was this? There's the family right there. 
You don't now. Hold on, Vic. Let me let me let me get on there. I I can't believe if you want to see more of that, you can go to Alice Cooper's Solid Rock. Is that what it is? AliceCooper'sSolidRock.com. There you go. I can't believe you don't have the grandchildren singing in that in that clip yet. I can't believe that you and Alice haven't gotten them, you know, trained yet. <laughs> it was time. It's coming. <laughs> so we're three months old now. How many grandchildren are you up to now? There's, there's, there's a lot of them, and uh, let's let's hear all about it because you're a proud grandma. Gosh, twin boys, Falcon and Riot. They're going to be six in November. Uh, Rexington is two, and pretty much owns us. And uh, and um, Desiree is Diego and Sonora's first baby. She's three months old, and they live with us. So I have lusciousness in my arms. Oh. I think I saw her. Po- I think I saw her poke her head out of the grand piano back there. I'm not sure. I might have. She lived. Yes. <laughs> you know, she'll pop up every once in a while. <laughs> I love it. So you are. That was one of the questions because now, folks, because we have uh, obviously covered uh, the Solid Rock Foundation, and you will go support it if you go. I saw Scott Flansburg in the chat as well. Hello, Scott. How you doing? The Human Calculator. Um, People from all over the world, thank you very much for coming into the chat and being part of it. We are with Cheryl Cooper now because now is where I get to kick back and uh, chill because it is time first, Vic. Let the people speak. (laughs) Now, that was... uh, a little bit of a segue into what we are going to do with this section called let the people speak, because I put it out there a little bit earlier uh, this week. If you have a question for Cheryl and I was like, my inbox was filled quickly with questions. So obviously the hardcores, you know, the sick thing, hardcores, uh, Cy Haley, Bill Crow, uh, Kyler Clark of the world. He's very close to you as well. Who's been on the show and they, they had some, you know, sort of inner circle questions they wanted to ask. So I'll, I'll go quickly with that. Um, I believe that, uh, Cy's question, question was, and I should have asked this when uh, Calico was on screen though, but uh, how did you feel seeing Calico up there instead of yourself the very first time that you guys actually switched roles? So pleased and so proud. You know, I think that a lot of people think there must be some kind of competition between mother and daughter. What Calico did when she took over this role she made it her own. She brought an entire new level of performing to it. I have no end of respect for her talent and what she has done and continues to do. So yeah, I was pleased. I was proud. I was all of those things. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to put in a little bit of another segment that we have called Never Let the Truth Get in the Way of a Good Story. Because that is a segment that we have and it's something that Alice says a lot, but it's basically is a fact or fiction. And this is be another question that would fall under that. Is it a fact or is it fiction that you were the one that instructed and taught Calico how to whip dance? That is true. Fact. It is a fact. fact. <laughs> it is a fact. And the song was Go to Hell? Am I wrong? Right. 
That's right. That's right. I had to uh, <laughs> went out in a back alley behind the soundstage. So I mean, picture a mother teaching her daughter how to do a bullwhip with and, and be angry, which is, I mean, you know me, that's the antithesis <laughs> of my character, who I am. But my disclaimer is, isn't it fun to pretend to be somebody you're not? And so you step oh, into that role. And uh, I taught her how to whip, how to hit the hip, how to do a double loop. And that was fun. She owned it. That's amazing. Okay. Well, I will move on to that because that was a nice fact. Um, This is a question from Bill Crow, who is the uh, international UK snake handler for Alice, as you know. (laughs) During lockdown, um, have you done all the cooking or does Alice cook or bake? Or is it Uber Eats every night? That's from Bill hmm. There was a point in time where we had a full ship. We had Calico, Jed, Sonora, pregnant Sonora, Diego, Dash was in and out, grandkids were in and out. Uh, we were running full tilt boogie on this house. The laundry <laughs> never stopped, the meals never stopped. Costco was my best friend. But yeah, we did a lot of cooking. Grilled every night. The dinners were epic and magnificent, and they were homemade. And it was really good because I don't get to do that on the road. No. You know, it's scary. And so I miss my kitchen. I miss getting my hands and stuff. And I need mine dishes and dirty laundry and it's your home. Right. And so it's a forced vacation. But yeah, we were we were cooking up a storm. Does does Coop ever cook or bake? Does he ever do any of that? You know, he is a good helper, but I will say his specialty is breakfast. I'll let him handle breakfast Sunday morning. So it's locks, eggs, onions, bagels, that type of thing. He's really good at that. And he's the best sandwich maker ever. <laughs> I've had a breakfast with him. It's always at the uh, buffet. So he's, he's gotten me breakfast a lot of times, but it's always at whatever, the hotel buffet. So yeah. thank you. Gotta you got to rely on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, good. so let the people speak continues. Um, well, this question was a little bit answered, but I want to give at Liz Bento credit as well, because she actually did inspire it. The audition process, like for Nightmare Tour back in 75, we sort of covered how, but how many characters did you get to play on that first tour? Do you remember? Wow. Uh, count wise, I opened the show in a black robe. I was the one that had to push the nightmare bed with Alice on it into the spotlight as he started singing welcome to my nightmare so picture me opening in front of what forty thousand people at anaheim stadium who was used to polite ballet audience with gloves <laughs> all of a sudden that went and lights and people throwing things and i was pretty nervous but i was a dancing snake a skeleton a giant black widow spider a beaten up ballerina a whip dancer, a henchman in a silver unitar jumping in and out of a movie screen. Uh, but the choreography was just so athletic and so epic and so stunning. Really, to this day, nobody has quite seen that marriage of Broadway rock and rock and roll repeated, right. in my humble opinion. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to get to the uh, characters and the outfits in just a little bit, another question, but we're going to move on. Um, at Kinga dot underscore Anna a little question back to uh, the solid rock the rock teen center helps kids find their talents do you have any special message to the kids to motivate them and develop their skills Hmm. I would say show up 
just continue to show up because you're going to get better. You know, if, if you're painting a painting for the first time or composing a song, that painting or that musical composition didn't exist yesterday until you did it. And now it's out there. And you could say, well, it's not very good. It stinks. All right. Try again and get better. And you watch your skill just skyrocket because we have the best instruction and we care. And it's a safe place to, to learn and just to explore. How do you know you're not Phoenix's next greatest guitarist? Let us put a guitar in your hand and find out. Wow. You know what? We're sitting, that's very life coaching. And I do, a lot of people call you, especially Tommy. He calls you coach on the what? road. The seventh member of uh, the Alice Cooper band, but uh, probably number two in, in the whole hierarchy of things. Uh, we're here with Cheryl Cooper and um, we're, Letting the people speak, of course. Um, another question. This will be from uh, at Kathy.grant.71652. How will the Coopers be celebrating Halloween? We know how Calico is going to spend it with uh, Bisto Blanco on the Queen Mary. Uh, you know how I'll spend it. I'll be probably um, somewhere in Stockholm, Sweden, not going out, just being holed up in my sort of bunker. What, what are the Coopers doing for Halloween? I think probably pumpkin carving with our grandkids. And I think Alice has a special on KLOS, uh, a live stream, kind of a, a chat going on on Halloween night. And so that's probably how we'll spend it. All right. What is it what is saying? We've all had enough candy to warrant no Halloween during this <laughs> pandemic. So what's the point? That is true. That is true. Moving on. Um, this is a, basically a two-part question from at Just Want to Back Those Times. This is Franzi uh, from Germany asking, Part A, uh, did you have any initial worries about dating the person you were technically working for at the time? Yeah, I was 18 years old, remember? And I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was that stone-cold pro, and I was really focused on what I was doing. I don't know if you agree with this. But don't you think when true love comes to town that you don't have a lot of say about it? Nope. I mean, when it's real, when it's true, when you know that you know that you know. There, That's a great it, picture. It, there, was no there was no option. That was 45 years ago, and um, I'm still desperately in love, and it's a huge problem, and I'm never going to remedy it. So there <laughs> I can hear it. I get it. The sincerity is is definitely there. Um, part B of, of uh, Franzi's question is, uh, what song would you love to act out on stage that hasn't been done yet or hasn't been done in a long time? That has never been done. I would like to see. And you know how some songs don't translate well for live audience? It just doesn't. I mean, it's a great record, but you get in front of a live audience and it's just, you hear crickets. It just doesn't translate. But you guys opened oh. up with, you guys opened up with Welcome to My Nightmare on the 75 tour. That's, that's amazing. It's kind of like, it's just the ballsiness of that to have that sort of creepy opening. And it's not a hard rocker. It's kind of a vibey one. But what song were you thinking? I was thinking I might as well be on Mars. Choice. Think about it. I mean, there's a story in that. There's a character that, uh, in that too. Well, there are a couple of characters. I would like to see if that could translate to something live action. Uh, that would be my choice. I might as well be on Mars. I love it. 
well, this is moving into those characters because it was sort of a co-question a co because uh, Bianca had a question for you. And then I'm looking at Call for Nurse. Uh, very similar questions. So I will give at Call for Nurse. You guys, uh, I'll give Bianca the assist on this one. But at Call for Nurse would ask, do you design your own characters for the show? And which one is your favorite? Favorite character? Because at Funky Al Medina also had a question, favorite outfit that you've ever worn. So we could go sort of a, a trifecta of you, if you will. Funky Al Medina, Bianca, and at Call for Nurse. Do you design your own characters for the show? And what is your favorite one? Yeah, design my own characters and my own costumes with under the guidance and supervision of my husband. Now, let me just take a little sidebar. How many husbands do you know that could pack a suitcase for their wives? Can you pack a suitcase for Bianca? Would no she way. let I you? I can't, I can't even pack the, the thing that you take in, you know, the, oh. for the toiletries. There's no way. Okay, one could pack a suitcase for me because he pays attention. He knows what I wear, what I like, what he likes to see me in. I would trust him to do that. So that being said, we're kind of on the same level as far as visual characters. If you ask me my favorite character right now, even in retrospect, I'd have to say Mademoiselle Guillotine. Ah, Mademoiselle okay. Guillotine. And she appears in the newish show on what song? On, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think too. I was trying to think too. I think I know, but I'm not sure. She comes out on Dead Babies and then comes back out on the execution on I Love the Dead. And um, yeah, she's really dysfunctional. <laughs> this is to sort of follow up on that because I will give uh, Bianca credit for this one. Uh, Bianca asks, is there a character that you have thought of but not unleashed on stage yet? Ooh, ooh. You know, I would, <clears throat> I'd almost like to go back to the Black Widow because I was so wrapped up in uh, Jack Shafton's design. He designed for Walt Disney. And so this thing was a 40 pound pod on my back. I'm trying to climb a, a hydraulic spider web net. And the costume would rip off piece by piece, leg by leg to reveal the ballerina underneath. So it had a thread, it had a theme going. I'd like to see what you could do with the Black Widow again as a person so and how it could morph into something else. Black Widow reboot 2021. How about that? I know. We'll, tr we'll, oh, try, yeah. we'll try and make that happen. All right. <laughs> so at the, a lot of questions about uh, the theatrical pieces and, and um, the costumes and obviously your characters at Marcello.Nucci asks, did you, of any, did any of your theatrical pieces ever go terribly wrong? For example, Alice's hanging stunt or falling off the stage. I'd say falling off the stage and all that kind of stuff weekly, right? <laughs> two times, two times. Uh, one sort of malfunction was during the uh, King of the Silver Screen tour. I just finished doing Only Women Bleed and I had to go down the side stairs. They're always down the side and into the quick change boot, which were at the base of the stairs. And there's usually a security guard there. And so I come down the stairs to the quick change booths and there's a guy standing there and he picks me up in his arms and starts to walk out of the arena with me. Okay. Uh, well, that worked was, out. Some guy got backstage. I guess he got about, you know, 20 yards and he's tackled by about six of the crew members. He's just going to take me home. Oh 
And so that was one anomaly. The other was the night that it was decided to change the stairs from the side of the stage to go off the back of the stage. Now I have a quick exit. Picture Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> I run off the stage and I'm suspended in midair. And it was like, help. Oh no. Oh no. I fell about 10 feet. Um, hit my head. Fortunately, I had a wig on, you know, and pin curls and stuff. So that it was padded, but I still had to go to the hospital in an ambulance. And mm. Hey, I you, was will the- the you will get paid. You will get stitches. <laughs> you know what? There is a third one. I thought of this question when I saw it, I was like, hmm, I wonder if she'll mention this third incident that happened because I remember it crystal clear. About four years ago, imagine, you know, I think it was exactly about this time, about four years ago, Huntsville, Alabama, you're playing the role of Hillary Clinton. And apparently the crowd in Huntsville, Alabama doesn't realize that you are actually not Hillary Clinton. And uh, apparently the, I guess the, whoever runs the venue thought it was a really good idea to sell full cans of beer. So someone- Tall boys. And, and so, so some, uh, some, how would you, how would you call it? Uh, some whack job wastes his $10 beer. Cause I'm sure it was not cheap at that point. Uh, Susan Burr, officer Burkholder remembers that if she was in uniform, she would have arrested the guy, but somebody throws a full can of beer and for some reason has really good aim that night and hits Hillary Clinton, a.k.a. Cheryl Cooper, right in the noggin. And, you know, this Yahoo, you know, what did you feel when you when that beer can hit the head? First of all, adrenaline is always so high on stage. You could probably put a sword through your leg and not feel it until off stage. You finally admit, yeah. ow. But uh, all I remember is being hit and it going slightly black. And I just kept thinking, don't pass out, don't pass out, keep going, keep going. You know how it, you just get tunnel vision like this and you see the wa- little white flecks. And I just took a couple deep breaths. The beer hit me in the side of the mask, right in the temple, you know, the knockout punch wow. goes in the eye, down the face. I'm tasting beer, which you're thinking blood. I'm not a fan. Yeah. And I finished, you know, what we had to do. I went off stage and I was really angry for about a half an hour. Then I thought, you know what? What's my response going to be? I got to give a response to this because people saw this happen. I thought I need a statement. Mm -hmm. And so my statement was, um, many of you know, I was hit. Uh, Many of you are asking if I was injured. Um, I will admit it hurt, but no blood and no stitches. I said, my only hope is that whoever threw this tall boy can of beer somehow found himself safely home. <laughs> well, if it was up to Alice, he wouldn't have, because I, I've never seen, I mean, you, you see this rage in Alice when he's in his full character sometimes. And I know that, okay, he's still in character, but this was true rage that that moment when he actually realized that, wait, something had happened to you. And uh, I'd never seen him that 
upset or that angry. So again, I'm not singling out Huntsville because I'm sure 99.999% is fine. It's that one Yahoo, that one guy that tried to ruin the rock show. All right. So again, think about if you can't think about, you know, ruining the show for everybody else, think about your own pocket because you spend about 15 bucks on a beer. Why would you not, you know, if you throw in an empty aluminum can, okay, it's going to what go dink and it's not going to make a big difference. But don't throw all your beer filled can on poor Cheryl Cooper. Horrible. I hate that story. I lived. I lived to tell. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you know what? The one thing I did want to go back to real quick is because, because we were, you know, this before, uh, uh, Calico came on. We were talking about your movie career, and I was talking. I was getting into Sgt. Pepper's and all the cool things. But you just recently, in 2019, uh, were in a video with your husband, with Alice. But you were in a Kane Roberts music video as well, and with Alyssa White Glutes from you know there you go with Alyssa White Glutes, Kane Roberts, and where was that video happen, and how did that come about? You know, Kane and we go back so many years. My husband calls Kane Roberts, who has the body of Schwarzenegger and the brain of Jerry Lewis. <laughs> I have never seen my husband laugh so hard with Kane, but great guitarist, and he was doing a video. And where were we? Uh, we might have been. Was it Canada? It was Canada. It was up in Canada because, yeah, yeah because Kane's been on the show and he he was talking about the video because uh, Alyssa from, from Arch Enemy, obviously, and she was in the video as well. Yeah. What a voice he is, yeah. And so, yeah, I played uh, kind of a henchman and we had a great time on some uh, deserted airport on a tarmac <laughs> in an airplane hangar. A lot of fun. So we're going to have to check that video out. But honestly, folks, stay in right now because we've got a little while to go. But afterwards, there's lots of things for you to check out. Obviously, Cheryl's uh, Alice and Alice's Solid Rock Foundation website, as well as all the videos and movies that we're talking about. And go back and visit Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie and check out if you can see Cheryl in this because I, it was a trip to see you in it. And I, like I said, I just love the movie as well. So moving on to Let the People Speak. At Lynn Barker, 12. How do you stay in shape on the road? Well, you keep all of us in shape. They don't call me coach for nothing. <laughs> you know, I figure um, at my age, my decrepit age, uh, actually I'm older than dirt, but no, you not. use it or lose it. You just, just simple. You got to eat. You got to move. So if there's a hotel gym, I've seen you there, Ryan. Every day. Slouch. Nope. You got to move. With Bianca, she's a diehard. So I'm in there. I try to make that a part of my days off. Um, I give myself a full ballet bar before each show. I'm, I warm up fully and completely because at my age, I'm not about to injure myself. And so I'm going to be warm, flexible, stretched, Stretch. and ready. That's the thing you actually, I should listen to you more about is the stretching. And you do say something to me a lot of times and whether we meet in the gym, she goes, you don't have to like it or what, what is it? What is it? It's, you know, my old adage is you don't have to like it. You just got to do it. Don't have to love it. You just got to do it. Just show up. Just do it. You feel so much better afterwards. Make it a part of your day. There it is. Keeping us healthy. I yeah. love it. So there you are. Um, hey, Mike. Thanks, Mike, for that. That's a cool comment as well. We're moving on with Let the People Speak. Um, at Olga Twin. Uh, Olga Twin asks, I admire your marriage with Alice. Any tips on maintaining long-term relationships? Hmm. Good one. 
marry the person you're in love with. Not that you love a lot, that you're in love with. And love is more than a feeling. It's a, a verb. Love does. It's a commitment. And so when you decide, you know, when people say, oh, I don't know, the relationship is so much work. And I go, yeah, but work can be fun. It really can. And I think a relationship is ruined when one person or the other says, I'm in charge. My way or the highway, I'm hijacking this. And so it's a relationship of reciprocity, but it's not 50-50. Don't get me wrong. It's never 50-50. It's 100 and 100 or nothing. And it doesn't always look like 100 and 100. Sometimes it's 90% me, 10% 10 Alice following me in my dust, schlepping my bags, doing what it takes it to enable me to do what I do. And then sometimes it flips. It looks different. Like so that. to the outside person, it's going to look different. But the intent when you wake up in the morning is 100 and 100. And um, nobody hijacks the relationship. We have mutual love, respect, admiration. And as I uh, talk about passion for just a second, <laughs> children, close your ears. Um, I think a good passionate marriage has the passion of teenagers and sort of the well comfortable fit of a house shoe. So it's both. It really is both. You know, you settle into it. It's, it's never not exciting, but sometimes there's that comfortability that you just, you think, yeah, there it is. It's a good fit. It's a right fit. On stage performer, background vocalist, and now marriage therapist. I love it. You could be easily <laughs> making a hell of a lot more money. I love it. She is Cheryl That's Cooper it. with us. <laughs> so one more question we have from Let the People Speak, and then we're gonna uh we're gonna let you go and let everybody go on their way. But you know what? We've been hanging out with Cheryl Cooper. Nothing but a pleasure. Um, obviously, there's so much love in the chat for you right now. Um this is a, a kind of a heartfelt question at uh, Daniel A. Nedia. Do you have a song title that would fit your life? And could it, maybe it's an Alice song, but maybe it's another song. It's a song that he's writing. Really? Right. Now. Yeah. Because those songs were written for me. So how many women can say, I'm the girl in all of those songs? Rosanna Arquette. <laughs> Only Roseanne Arquette and you, apparently. <laughs> but think about it. I am the girl in those songs. That's great. And that's the ultimate in romance. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Totally, totally 80s. You have a mohawk or kind of a fauxhawk. It's a little bit of a fauxhawk. Wow. Vic, do you have that picture of when me and Chuck got mohawks in New York? Because, you know, that they're kind of similar, a little bit like that. Wow. So is there a title of this song or you can't give it away yet? Uh, yeah, well, the working title is I'm the girl in those songs, in all of those songs. Wow. There it is. That's our exclusive. That's our soundbite right there. And it's a good way to wrap up, let the people speak, um, because we are actually going to head out to the highway. Um, we want to definitely thank you so much, Cheryl, for being on. And um, I want to talk a little bit about um, your social media uh tags and your uh, sort of platforms that you want to promote now, if you will, because a lot of people are just listening to us on the audio. Um, if you would say them out loud, Cheryl Cooper, how can people find out more information about you and follow you? 
Oh, wonderful. Well, you can go to AliceCooperSolidRock.com. That is our website. Uh, we do have an Instagram, Alice Cooper Solid Rock. And we do have a Facebook page, Alice Cooper's Solid Rock. Uh, see the, some incredible videos, some teen testimonials. See what's happening on the inside of this teen center because it really is a prototype, I think, for one in every, every major city in the future. Uh, it's exciting to see lives changed, passions ignited, and new talent emerged. So check it out. There it is. Well, Cheryl, you know, on a parting note, do we have any sort of, I mean, because you have, you've given us so many great words of advice, so many wise words today on the, on the podcast. Do you have any, like a favorite quote that you live by? Because I know you tell me so many all the time when we're just hanging out, uh, you know, and you'll say it sometimes in passing or something, you know, your attitude is always a hundred percent optimistic. You're the cup is half, you know, cup is half full gal. I know that. But do you have sort of a great quote uh, that you live by or want to pass on to our listeners? I want to say I try to live my life by the attitude of gratitude. You know, if you think about it, whatever you can be thankful for has lost its power to defeat you. Seriously, think about it. Whatever you can be thankful for has lost its power to defeat you. And I'm not talking about being Pollyanna or putting on rose-colored glasses or just being the cheery optimist, but we try to live our lives by the attitude of gratitude. And we're never defeated, come what may. And we do a lot of walking by faith and not by sight, you know, because we can't see the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning like God can, but just we're pressing on. We're pressing on. Attitude. What is it? Attitude with gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. Attitude, whatever you can be thankful for, has lost its power to defeat you. So in all things, give thanks. Try it. There you go, folks. There's your parting words of wisdom from our very own Cheryl Cooper. It's been a family episode. We want to thank, again, um, Cheryl. Calico Cooper for coming on. Make sure you go check out Bisto Blanco and on their uh, Halloween special. As far as checking out uh, Solid Rock Foundation, again, that uh, website is alicecoopersolidrock.com. You've been talking and hanging out and we've all been having a great time with Cheryl Cooper. The, the cries for a part two from the uh, chat are deafening. So perhaps there might have to be a part two with you, Cheryl, if that's possible. I'll be back, Ryan Roxy. I'll be back. (laughs) Well, folks, thank you again. Um, Again, this is our Halloween special. Have a great Halloween out there. Uh, Next Tuesday, we will have our election day special. That'll be very interesting, of course, folks. So uh, make sure you subscribe. And again, thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. Until the next time i'm ryan roxy enjoy the ride bye in the trenches with ryan roxy hello